What a great week. Praise the Lord. Uh, my name's Danny Forshee. I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Great Hills Baptist Church. I was joined in the baptistry with our student pastor, uh, Jeffrey Samplaski. And wow, what a great week God blessed us with. And all of our VBS guys and gals that served, I mean, 200 plus volunteers. Uh, Great Hills, you just showed up, and you did an amazing job, and I, and I commend you, and so thank you. In fact, if you worked in VBS in any way, would you just stand and let our church acknowledge you one more time? God bless you. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you. Amen. So, you know, every, everybody worked hard, but, uh, you know, Teresa and Sharon, if y'all would make your way up here, I just want to give you just a little recognition, just something to say thank you. Um, from the bottom of our hearts as a church, Teresa Smith is uh, coming over here. All right. God bless you, Teresa. Woo. She's our preschool, preschool director here at Great Hills. And Sharon Irwin is our children's minister. Praise God. Wow. I don't know. We, we're excited. This is, um, I mean, these ladies, I would hate to ask them how many hours they put in. Not just last week, but really VBS begins what January. January really does it begins in January and when you have 900 people on your campus that, that's a lot of kids that's a lot of adults and so uh, Teresa here's just a little something we want to give you as a church and you as well Sharon God bless y'all y'all are awesome awesome we love y'all thank you man man see these so many um I know Trey mentioned it a minute ago, uh, just one of our core values as a church is to build strong families. And in God just continues to pour in numerous young families to the uh, 78759 and beyond zip code. So we're trying our best as a church to really do all that we can to speak into them, love them, minister to them. And one of the great ways you do that is through uh, a great children's ministry. And so we have that and we're just grateful to God for that. So I want to make another presentation, and then I'm going to share a shorter message with you. And I want to, Terry Hurt, if him and his wife, Debbie, would come on up to the front. And Ken Farmer, if you would join me bringing those flowers, you're not near as pretty as my wife, but you're going to do. So I want you to come on up here. And uh, <laughs> thank you, Ken. Yes, sir. You look sharp. Thank you. Miss Deb and Mr. Terry. All right. So we want to make a presentation to these guys. Terry, as you know, is our... Well, what do I say he is? He is our worship pastor. That's what we hired him for eight years ago. But he's also now the executive pastor and the administrative pastor. So he has three full-time jobs at Great Hills Baptist Church. So if he has this tired look about him, that's why. But he's got the Dick Clark look. So, you know, he just doesn't, he doesn't look tired. Uh, how old are you, 80? Is that what you know, I'm just kidding? <laughs> He'll be 59 next month. And so uh, we want to bless Terry, and we love Terry and Debbie Hurd. I'll tell you, some of the finest people on this planet are standing before us. And so I know y'all are going to New York City, and I just want to do a little something extra for y'all to bless you. So with this $50, I believe, you can, get, you can buy a snow cone in Manhattan. I, I believe you can. So, no, we do want to give this to Terry. We love you. And Debbie, God bless y'all. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate you very much. Thank you. Y'all are awesome. Y'all are awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. Thank you, Terry. Man, amen. Thank you, Brother Terry. Thank you, Miss Debbie. We love y'all. Appreciate y'all so, so very much. And so this week, I was so excited about preaching out of the Gospels about the life of Philip. 
And yet my 35, 40-minute sermon, I thought, you know, by the time I get in the pulpit, 11, 40 or so, it'd be hard to keep you for about 45 or 50 minutes. And so I decided just to keep you 39 minutes, and so that way you won't feel so bad. No, I've changed the whole sermon, and I, want to, um, I still want to stay within this theme of for the one. Uh, here at Great Hills, if you're a guest, God bless you. Thank you again for visiting with us today. We're thrilled that you're here. But this for the one emphasis is what we're doing at Great Hills, and, it, and here's what it looks like. When Jesus in Luke chapter 15, he was teaching and the scribes and the Pharisees were present and the sinners, the publicans, and the tax collectors. There was this vast crowd of people in Luke chapter 15 and he told them a lot of stories and Jesus was amazing at that. He was a phenomenal preacher because he spoke in a way that the people could understand and he spoke with, he, he had integrity and that enabled him to speak with authority. In other words, Jesus didn't just say one thing and live another thing. No, he, he actually, they were commensurate. His actions uh, were commensurate with his lofty words. And so the people just flocked to hear him. And one day he told them a story. He said, which one of you, if you're a shepherd, you have 100 people in the fold, 100 sheep in the fold, and one of them goes straying away and gets in danger and gets in some tough, tough places, what shepherd among us will not leave the 99 and go after, I mean, just kind of radical, go after that one lost sheep until he finds him, or in our case, finds him or her, that person, and brings them back into the fold or into the church. Well, the people heard Jesus and they heard him gladly because the thing is, if you're that lost sheep, you're really, really happy somebody's looking for you. If you're somebody who doesn't have a relationship with God, and there is a church in your neighborhood that is passionate for you and they want to pursue you. They want to help you and your family every way they can to introduce you to Christ. And I'm telling you, you're going to be thrilled that a church or a shepherd, if you will, is in pursuit of you. And so Jesus in Matthew... I did. I whacked it. Uh, so, amen. All right. It's all good. Can y'all hear me? Okay. If, we, if this happens again, I'm going to go old school on you. And I'm going to grab a microphone, you know, and be like that microphone over there maybe. All right. So, we're, we're looking at for the one, but we're calling it true greatness as Jesus goes after the one. In this case, it's going to be a child. And I thought this would be appropriate as we finished up a great vacation Bible school. I know many of you are guests, many of you are families that have come to see your child um, sing or to see those get baptized. And so in just a few minutes, what I want to do is just kind of bring you into the life of Christ and look at Matthew chapter 18, 1 through 5, as Jesus Christ demonstrates for us what I call true, true greatness. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for each person that is here today. Lord, no accidents today. God, we are here by divine appointment. You love us. You are that good shepherd that pursues us. And you are the one that laid down your life for us so that we could have an abundant eternal life. And we thank you. Thank you for every person that is here today. Lord, we pray that as we uh, go into the word of God, the scriptures, that you'd speak to us, God. You would encourage those that need encouragement. And the Lord, you would challenge those that need challenging. And Lord, most of all, you would save those today that need to be saved. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Matthew chapter 18, let me, let me read the text to you. It says, and at that time, the disciples came to Jesus. Now, keep it in context. The disciples would be those who follow Christ. 
and they know the Lord, and they love the Lord, and yet they have this question that's just kind of ruminating and circulating in their mind. They want to know about true greatness because they see in Jesus somebody who's incredibly amazing, and he's great, and, and really he's becoming famous. And they're kind of attracted to that, and they're thinking, man, this is pretty cool. So we got to ask you a question, Jesus. Who then is the greatest in the kingdom? And Jesus he did something absolutely radical. I mean, you, you're talking about stepping out of the rabbi bounds. Jesus literally called a little child to him. Now you just In your mind's eye, if you could think for just a moment, there's lots of people gathered around Jesus. There's disciples. I'm sure the scribes and the Pharisees, they're sitting back there. Their arms are folded, and they're analyzing him. They're scrutinizing him somehow, some way. They want to trap him because they hate him because the people are following him. And Jesus says, well, i tell you what, let's do this. Hey, little guy, come over here just a second. And here's this little boy. And Jesus brings the boy up to him, and he begins to teach the people with a child standing before him. Now, you've got to understand how radical that is. Children and women at this time are best unseen and unheard, treated almost like property. Are you with me? I mean, they are disregarded, they are outcast of the society in a way because, I mean, that's just the way it was. Is it wrong? Absolutely. Did Jesus break that? Absolutely. In fact, he, he gave the same honor and esteem to women just as he did to men and to children. And he, so, I, I know for us in the 21st century, it's hard for us to put ourselves back in that first century Sitzim Laban or that life situation. But when Jesus called that child, they're like, whoa, what in the world? What is he doing? But that was just the beginning. He called the child and he set him in the midst of them, not on the periphery, <laughs> not in the rafter somewhere. And he said, assuredly, and the Greek word there is amen. Amen, amen. Let it be, so be it. Jesus said, assuredly. Now, whenever Jesus spoke, it's big time important, but this time he's like he prefaces what he's about to say with, hey, guys, hey, listen, listen up for just a second. Can, can I get your attention for just a second? People are like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, what, what's up? I'm telling you, unless you are strepho, unless you are converted, the, the Greek word there is strepho. We'll talk about that in a moment. And you become as this little fellow right here. Unless you're converted and become like him, you will by no means, ume in the Greek, it's a strong way to pronounce a negative. All right, I was looking at that this week in the Greek. It is a very strong way to say, no way whatsoever will it happen. There is no way that any of you will go to heaven. Now, when Jesus is talking about the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven has come with Christ. He is the king. That kingdom takes residence in our hearts when we believe in him. And that kingdom is forever. It's perpetual. It's now and not yet. And so when we invite Jesus into our lives, we become a part of his kingdom that lasts in perpetuity. I mean forever and ever. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Amen? Those that didn't say amen, where do you want to go? No, no, no. Everybody wants to go to heaven. And they're like, okay, who, who's the greatest in heaven? And it's almost like Jesus says, and before we talk about who's great, let's just talk about first who's getting there. Because that's a whole lot more important. So look at this, child. Unless you are strepho, converted, and become as this little child, you will by no means whatsoever enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, 
Whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this, I can just see Jesus maybe just caressing the back of his head, just saying, whoever receives a little guy like this in my name, well, I just want you to know that person receives me. There's a lot here in this story. And so if it's for the one, it's for the child. It's also for the one who wants to go to heaven, and it's also for the one who wants to be great. Great not only in this life, but great in the afterlife in heaven. So as I was looking at this text, and I got over not getting to preach on Philip because I, I was like, man, I was so excited. And please come back next week. We'll talk about Philip, one of Christ's first uh, apostles. But it was like the Lord was just telling me, chill out. This is what you need to say. This is what you need to focus on because there are going to be a lot of people there with children and a lot of people there at Great Hills who are going to need me. They're going to need me in their life, and I want you to make it as simple and as plain as you possibly can. So there are four things I want to share with you, okay? If you have your, your worship guide, I would encourage you to do this. You can look at it, and there is a sermon to be preached there, and just disregard that and turn it on the back. And it's just a blank sheet of paper. And I want you to jot down these four things. And I want you to hold them in your heart and in your mind. And I do believe God will bless you and encourage you with these four things that he gave me and just this weekend. So first of all, in order to be great in the kingdom of heaven, you first have to get in the kingdom of heaven. All right. Now wrap your mind around that for just a moment as I share this with you. In order to be great in God's kingdom, you first have to have an entrance into the kingdom of heaven. Now, all of us want to be great. I get that. I mean, greatness, recognition, authority, prestige, and power, and, and we all want the attention, right? We all want that. You know, somebody said, you know, uh, you know, old people die for it and babies cry for it. Attention. Could I just correct that statement? All people, all people die for it and babies cry for it, you know? But attention, greatness, I'm recognized, I'm honored, I matter. You know me, you know my name, and I know you, and I know your name. But more importantly, God knows our name, and God loves us, and God takes that desire for eminence and greatness and power, and God says, I know you want that, but let me tell you how you get that. And the way that you get that is, first of all, you have to humble yourself and receive me. Now, if you were to ask somebody, I mean, if you just go out on the streets of Austin, and you were to ask somebody today, how do you get to the kingdom of God? How do you get into the kingdom of heaven? One of our church members sent me a For the One story this week. She was out in Portland, Oregon, and she was talking to a lady about heaven, and the lady corrected her and said, oh, no, no, there is no heaven, there is no hell, because when I die, the energy of the universe will absorb me. And we laugh, and it's kind of comical, but it's deeply sad, right? Because some inanimate, energetic universe is not going to inhabit you. There is a God waiting on you when you die, to whom you have to appear. And so the kingdom of God, the entrance into heaven, most of the people in Austin will not talk to you about reincarnation. They will not talk to you about some divine, energetic source no, they will probably give you this answer. A friend of mine at the golf course just two weeks ago gave me this verbatim. I said, Fred, I said, how do you go to heaven? How in the world are you and I going to go to heaven when we die? 
And he paused and he stared at me and he said, the answer is you do good deeds. You do good. You treat your neighbor well. You treat your family well. And then when you die, you go before God and say, look, I did good. You got to let me in. And I said, I want to tell you something, Fred. You're going to thank me for all eternity when I tell you you're wrong. That's not how you get to heaven. The way you get to and I, and said, in fact, Fred, if that's the way you go to heaven, please tell me why did Jesus come to earth? See, Jesus came to earth because we're not good. <laughs> None of us are perfect. All of us have sinned, the Bible says, and fall short of the glory of God. You said, did you just call me a sinner? Yes, welcome to the human race. We're all sinners. We've all blown it. We thought it. We did it. We spoke it. We should not have. And Jesus says, Father, they can't save themselves. I will go and I will lay down my life on a cross. I will pay all of their debt and then I will rise from the dead. And all they got to do is believe in me. That's how you go to heaven. That's the gospel. That is, that is really as simple as I can make it. In order to get into the kingdom of heaven, you have to, and Jesus uses this word. It's a beautiful, powerful word. It's the word strepho. He says, unless you are converted. It's very similar to the Greek word metanoia, which means to repent. It's a military term, right? You're going this way, and you stop, and you do an about face, and you go that way because your way is leading you to desperation. Your way is leading you to fleeting moments of pleasure. And that's what sin does. There's some fleeting moments of happiness. But deep down inside, there's no joy. And, and there's no purpose. And there's a lot of pain. And there's a lot of anger. And there's a lot of angst in your soul. And you go, God, I've had enough of that. And so I, I turn away from that. And now I embrace the cross. I embrace Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. And Jesus says, that's it. That's how you enter into the kingdom of heaven. So it, before we talk about greatness, let's talk, first of all, about getting in. And the second thing I want to share with you. Jesus does explain, or I'm sorry, let's go back to point two. Sorry. Jesus tells us precisely how we do it. And he uses this word. He uses the word strepho, conversion, and then he uses the word like a child, humility. You say, now why did Jesus do that? I get the, I get the repentance and the conversion. I get all that. I've heard that before. But man, Jesus is kind of messing with me today. Why, why is he using a child and telling me, unless I become like this little guy, I can never go to heaven? So let, let's, let's talk about that for just a minute. Did Jesus say that only children get to go to heaven? Thank you. She came to VBS, I'm sure, and learned, learned that. That's not what he said at all. He uses a very critical word. He said like or as. Unless you become like this little guy, you, you can never go to heaven. And why did he do that? Well, children, wasn't that sweet? That's a child. Innocent. They believe. They, they, they want to know God. I've never in all my years of living and teaching God's Word, I've never had a child come up to me and say, I hate God. I hate Jesus. No. They intrinsically know that God is and God loves them. They just know that. But, and you did too at one time. But over time and, and over many years of rejecting God and sinning and getting all these convoluted 
metaphysical, amazing, evolutionary, humanistic, atheistic ideas. Now you're to the point where like, well, I, I don't need that, you see. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, you see, I have evolved. I have a PhD now, you see. And, and, and I understand religion is an opiate for the people. I learned that, by the way. Karl Marx taught me that, you know. And, and, you know, and, I, and I get it. Religion's good for kids and, and so forth. But I don't need that because I am okay. I'm okay. And Jesus looks at you today and he says, you're not okay. Your very arrogance, your erudition, your academia, your scholarly abilities... All of that is going to lead you further and further away from me. Here's what you really need to do. You need to come back like a child and say, I believe in Jesus. I love God. I want to give him my life. So that's why Jesus said, unless you become as a child, you just can't get in. You know how many arrogant people get saved? None. <laughs> and that's the great oxymoron, isn't it? An arrogant Christian. <laughs> Uh, like a sweet snake. You ever seen a sweet snake? I haven't either. Onomatopoeia too. But anyhow, number three. Let's, let's go to number three. Jesus explains how we attain true greatness. And I, and I went ahead and filled it in for you. I know you know it because you read it with me a moment ago. But Jesus describes true greatness as humility. As humility. A child already possesses it. Now, I know some parents are here today. You just don't know my child. You, you just not met little Johnny or little Susie. I'm telling you, they just, oh, I just want to wear them out. No, 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 hold on. By and large, kids, they're, they're humble, they're teachable, they have that, the believableness in them, and, and they just know. They don't process it all. They don't try to analyze it and, and figure it all out. They just say, wait a minute. I mean, these hands, who put these hands here? These feet, who put them feet there? I mean, these eyes, the brain, and all this. God, you must be real, and I believe in you. And Jesus is like, that's what you got to do. You got to have that humility, that, that teachability. Jettison that arrogance and that pride. And, oh, I got this all thing figured out. No, no, put that aside and come to me like a little child. Listen, you think that's radical today? It was incredibly radical back then because the, the religious people that were listening to Jesus, they were, they were laughing at this. What do you mean? What do you mean I'm not going to heaven? I mean, I know the law. I know God. I am God's gift to the synagogue. I'm God's gift to the earth. And Jesus is like, no, you don't really know God because if you knew God, you'd be more like this child. You'd be humble. You'd be teachable. You'd be forgiving. You'd be kind. So to be great, really, truly great, all the great ones are humble, from fighter pilots to preachers, all the great ones are humble. General Bruce Wright, I always, always remember that. The last thing I want to share with you, I shared four things. The last one is this, receiving children is the mark of a true follower of Jesus. Did you see that at the end? When Jesus said, whoever receives one of these little ones in my name receives me. Now you 200 or 250 people that signed up to help in vacation Bible school last year, or last, uh, felt like a year, amen, last week. If you did that, now don't get all frog puffy on me, you know, don't get all peacock strutting on me, but just hold on just a second. If you did that, that's really cool according to God. You receive the smile and the favor of God 
this past week. You know why? Because you hung out with kids. <laughs> you hung out with those that really cannot repay you, right? They can't reciprocate. I mean, they, they can't compliment you like you think you ought to be. They, they really... I had one of my mentors tell me one time, he says, you know how a child compliments you? I said, I have no idea. He said, they show up. <laughs> they come. And six, seven hundred of them came last week. And, and by the way, you received them. I, I watched grown men walk away from their jobs for a week and helped from 8 to 12 at Great Hills Baptist Church. I saw them with my own eyes. And I just want you all to know, if you want to receive the smile and the blessing and the favor of God, just keep doing stuff like that. Jesus said it. He said, if you receive a little child in my name, then you're receiving me. Now, hold on. We didn't talk about going to heaven. We don't say that if you do good deeds and you help out kids, then somehow the divine scales, God will you know, help you so that you can get the good deeds. They're outweighing the bad deeds, and God has to say, oh, goodness, come on in. No, it's not that. But what I found that if you really do know Jesus and you have accepted him as your Savior, you do have this humility about you, and you have this teachability about you, and you do have the wherewithal to say, what? The church has been asking me for months? Please, please, help, help. You, you heard us, right? I'm up here preaching, and help, help. And Sharon and Teresa going, Pastor, please, please pray. Please, please pray. We've never seen so many kids in our life. Please, please pray. And I go out and say, Great Hills, help. The kids are coming. And some of you go, bless them, Lord, bless them. I, I can't, I could, little snotty nose, kill. oh my word, I, I can't do that. That's just way beyond me, and it's way below me. Hey, those of you that showed up, God bless you. Thank you. Next, next year at VBS, I'm going to preach a sermon. If you really want to go to heaven, work in VBS. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know I'm kidding. I just want everybody just to bow their heads with me and close their eyes. I'm going to wrap up my message. We're going to pray together. We're going to uh, introduce some new members. God just keeps sending us more and more new members. Um, it's amazing. Thank you, Lord. Lots and lots of young families joining Great Hills Baptist Church. and I'm so thrilled to see that. Maybe you're here today and you would say, okay, I, I really do get it today. I'm, you may be a child. You may be 8 years old today. You may be 18. You may be 80. And everything just kind of coalesced in your mind. Everything just kind of came together. And you understand that today, Jesus is calling you into his kingdom. And you understand, because we talked about it. You, you, you heard what he said. The only way you get in is you humble yourself. You believe in me. Trust in me. What I did for you. And I will come into your life by my spirit and I will live in you and I will give you that hope and I will give you that forgiveness of sin and I will give you that entrance into heaven. But all you got to do is receive me. And when you do that, when you receive the Lord with your heads bowed and everybody's eyes are closed, here's what you're doing. You're saying, Jesus, I can't, but you can. You died for me and now I'm going to live for you. I can't do this on my own, Lord. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm coming to your invitation. You're inviting me to come to you, and I, here I am. I walk away from my sin, and by faith, I'm just trusting you to be your child. I want to go to heaven. 
And if that's you today, let, let me just say this to you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for your heart being open to the teaching of God's Word. Thank you for receiving Christ today. I believe many of you are. I believe many children are and adults and some students. So I'm going to help you with this. Just pray with me. You can pray in your heart, okay? I'm going to pray out loud. You just pray right where you're seated in this beautiful sanctuary, surrounded by people that love you. And there's lots of peace here, lots of joy here. This is a beautiful place to surrender and give your life to the Lord. So why don't you pray this prayer with me? You can pray it quietly, and I'll pray it out loud. Dear God in heaven, thank you for letting me be here. Thank you for Jesus who died for me and came back to life paying all of my sin. And so God, today I come and I just believe and I receive you. I turn away from my sin and my arrogance and I receive you just like a little child. Thank you, God. For saving me. Now, everybody with their heads bowed and with their eyes closed, th those of you that prayed with me just, just then, right? You just prayed and you received the Lord as your Savior. Here, here's what I'd like for you to do I want you just to look at me for just a minute. Everybody else, their heads are bowed and their eyes are closed. And, and if you're here today and you received the Lord, just look at me here for just a minute. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you all over the sanctuary. If you're looking at me, let me just be the first person to say, Hallelujah, way to go. I'm not going to say, what took you so long, you crazy? No, I'm just saying, praise God. You did it. You came. <laughs> you received him just like a child, and now you're on your way to heaven. Ooh, man, nobody else looked, but I'm just doing a little jig. I'm just doing a little happy dance up here because you gave your life to the Lord, and I am thrilled for you. Now, here's the deal. Really, the only people that know about it is you and God. So here's what i got to ask you to do. i got to ask you to let me know. Let us know. Let somebody know before this day is over, hey, I received the Lord, and I want to grow in Him, and I'm so thrilled what God has done in my life. And I want you to tell somebody. Here in our church, what we do is we all stand in a moment, we sing a song, and people come, and they receive Christ, and they come and pray. And you, you come. We'd love for you to come. But before this day's over, please, 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 let me know. Let somebody know because you just can't keep a good thing to yourself. Thank you, God, for this great day, for a day of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for what you just did in many people's lives. I pray for them. You'd strengthen them. I pray the seed of that word, the gospel, would fall upon just fertile ground and they would bear fruit for you and they would be those who get baptized and they would be those who sign up for vacation Bible school. They would be those that get plugged into a church. Bless them, oh God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Here's my little jig, all right? So I'm doing that. All right, won't y'all stand up with me and we're going to have some songs. We're going to sing some praise to the Lord, an invitation if you're here today and you want to you want to come forward and tell us about it? You come on. Let us pray with you. Let us encourage you. Terry, why don't you and the band, the guys, y'all lead us out as we sing.